Welcome to LTG Ectoplasm, your home for Spirit Tribal and Magic the Gathering. I'm your host, Dwight, aka DeBlanco, a medium that wears an extra, extra large. You can reach out to me on Twitter at MTG Ectoplasm, or you can email me directly at MTG Ectoplasm at gmail.com. Now, before we get this episode started, like I ask in each and every single episode, do me a favor, hit that follow and like subscribe button. I don't know where it is where you're streaming and it could be over here, over there, or up here, or maybe on the side or that side. I have no clue, but do me a favor, hit that button for me. I'm not charging you a dollar and with the way the inflation is, you should be happy. I'm not charging you anything, right? Because the price of gas, oh, hey. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, please hit that love, follow, like, subscribe button. I would appreciate it. Also, do me a favor. If you got friends that like magic, show throw them my way. Saying, hey, this guy's a, you know, he's pretty cute. He's handsome. And he knows a little bit of magic. You know, I would I would appreciate it. Now, ladies and gentlemen, now that I've introduced myself and a little bit about the show, let me bring in the one, the only, uh, the engineer, the person who's driving the show. It's the one, the only, the ravishing Renata. How you doing, ravishing? I'm doing pretty good. There you go. How are you feeling spry? You feel spunky, funky? Yes. There you go. I enjoy that. That's why I'm happily married. Because she tells me I'm happily married. Of course. There you go. So with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to sit there and get to the sponsorship, shall we? And we are sponsored by our friends at Greg's Games. That's right, Greg's Games at 2103 White Horse, Mercerville Road in Hamilton, New Jersey, 08619. Let me just tell you, this is a great place to play uh, Match at the Gathering. They have... Uh, let's. They have Pokemon. They have Magic the Gathering. They have Dungeons and Dragons. They uh, miniatures. They, they have everything. If you're looking for just some weird cardboard game, they have it. They have everything and anything you want. You know, like from deck boxes to sleeves. Uh, I'm just rambling on here because I'm telling you that's how great the place is. And they expanded their shop. Greg expanded, so that means more of what you like and want to play. So go check them out. Greg's Games, 2103 Whitehorse, Mercerville Road in Hamilton, New Jersey, 8619. If you're in the Trenton area, perfect. If you're in New York City, you're only 45 minutes away. If you're from Philly, it's only a half an hour drive. You can't beat it. Greg's Games, 2103 Whitehorse, Mercerville Road, Hamilton, New Jersey, 8619. Now, uh, if you were watching live on stream, Thank you for watching and being here. And if you're listening through uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, or even Apple Podcasts, thank you very much. And I want to thank my Brazilian audience for listening because those are my number one listening audience around the world. So we're listening to, we're having thousands and thousands of you listening to the show. So I'm humbled and I 100% appreciate your patronage. Now, now that the the homework is done, the 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 King Caboodle, shall I say, is done. It's now time for me to bring in a special guest. Now, this young man has been with me. Uh, I think this is going on one year total. Uh, he's been with me. He actually was in a legacy tournament and ended up going. He actually won, won the, I think, legacy tournament, did exceptionally well with spirits, white, blue spirits. I was dumbfounded. I was amazed, and I couldn't believe it. I had to have the young man on. But he's, a, you know, he's an elf player. I'm not going to besmirch the young man about that, but he is now playing Spirits again, but he's doing it in Pioneer. Let's bring in the one, the only, Testacular. How you doing, my friend, Testacular? Oh, he's on mute, sweetheart. You got to unmute him. <laughs> hey, how's it going? 
And then if you're watching, you see a young man on the lower right, lower bottom. Uh, he has got a great mustache. This, I, I, if I could grow facial hair like this, I would do it like that. You know, it's, it's like Whipley's was uh, was a Whipley Smirnoff. I forget the guy's name. He has that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Here he is, the one, the only Brad. Welcome to the show. Ah, Look at this. What are you doing? And I'm getting upstaged here by facial hair. You know, I got the little goatee, but Dr. Secular's got this wonderful effervescent goatee. And look, Brad, that manly, masculine mustache. Heck yeah, man. A lot of machismo here. Hey, Welcome to the show, gentlemen. How are you guys feeling? Feeling fairly well today. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Now, I for those who don't know, these gentlemen, I believe, are in the 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 upper north, the what the PNW. PMW, Pacific Northwest. Pacific Northwest. That's what I was looking for. I just lost my words because I'm just looking at the facial hair. I'm just amazed. <laughs> so how's it over there in the, that neck of the woods? Uh, oh. Yeah, it's been pretty good. Um, we just, uh, the local play is seeing an uptick lately because, you know, cases are down with the pandemic and everything. And so we're finally seeing some bigger events around here again. We're seeing higher numbers of players at regular weekly events, uh, at different stores in the area. So it's been, it's been cool getting back to some paper magic, you know, you know, man cannot live on MT or man or woman cannot live on MTG alone. Even though we have arena and we all think it sucks, but that's not here and there. <laughs> yeah. So Brad, tell tell me, you know, uh, we know a little bit about Testacular. He has his own show on Twitch. I believe it's mm. at MTG Testacular. Is that Testacular MTG? Uh, it's uh, Testacular MTGO. So twitch.tv slash Testacular MTGO. And I've linked my Twitter as well down there. So Very nice. Now, Brad, he, you know, he's shy. He, he's the paper <laughs> guy. He, he doesn't have his uh social media but that's quite all right so brad let the listening audience a viewing audience know a little bit about yourself uh well i'm an old man obviously because i don't have any social media i'm very curmudgeon-y uh on and off magic player uh billiards player play a lot of pool for sure my team in 2018 for the apa league we got in the world finals and we got second place we didn't end up clenching it but that close one ball very close very nice. Uh, so, yeah, I'm a, more of a hobbyist than anything else. Well, well, let me ask you, what made you get into Magic the Gathering? Oh, wow. Uh, the very first time I laid eyes on Magic was actually the uh, the Traders of Kamigawa set. Mm. There was a box art for ninjas. Like, that looks cool. And I just picked it up. Friends and I played your classic kitchen table magic stuff. Fell out of that when I got in the Navy. I was in. Uh, I was a submariner. I was forward to playing Guam. Okay. Okay, um, Namor. Hmm? No, go ahead, Namor. Go ahead. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, I was forward playing Guam. Been to a slew of countries from there. Okay. Um, then once I got out, I got back into kitchen table magic with my friends. Then when I moved to Portland, I that's how I met uh, Testacular here. Actually, I walked into the hobby shop. I'm like, I know this game, and I proceeded to go through all these things. And I told our, our mutual friend Dave behind the counter, I was like, Hey, I'm gonna buy a bunch of cards. I'm looking through the fifty cent bins. He's like, Okay, man, whatever. And I build a mono red deck and I end up buying like $500 worth of cards the first time I walked into that shop. So my very first experience with a, a magic shop was I think it was 2013 maybe, but okay, that's really how I just jumped in from 
kitchen table never playing in a series format to immediately let's play constructed um uh, wow. specifically well, that's great you know it's great to you know sometimes you know we fall in and out of love with magic the gathering and i'm happy you're back and loving the uh gathering of people <laughs> wanting to play and really you know really good good at the game now gentlemen uh for those who aren't aware you uh to were at a 1k event and you were playing mono blue snow spirits now you you technically are an elf guy you don't really technically play spirit you play spirits here and there let's just, let's be honest but what made you want to play mono blue snow in a pioneer event well so the thing that got me motivated was the announcement of the pioneer 1k in general it was like the first big event in the city that i was feeling comfortable enough to actually go to and i was like all right well i'll build uh i want to play spirits because i enjoy the way that spirits plays in other formats and so uh i was looking at it and I, really the price point is the first thing that bought me in on mono blue was because the deck costs like a hundred dollars after you sleeve it up like that's in that's a great entry like that that's that's not bad you know and i was and i also was reminded of the way it played like uh mono blue devotion decks in old standard times like curious obsession on a flyer just try to get it in there draw extra cards uh being able to hold up counter magic the deck plays eight mana leaks it's like very easy to go up against most matchups and just identify the problem spells and interact with those and you just like bank on damage over time until like there's this point where you're just have like a massive army because you've been controlling the board with things like shacklegeist and whatnot mm -hmm. that like all of a sudden you're just like wait swing for lethal you're dead uh and the deck just like i i, I just solitaired the heck out of it after buying into it like within a day and uh, I, I just loved like the way I was drawing and the way it was playing. I wasn't interacting with anything, sure, but I was like, "This is this makes sense to me," okay. uh, and I was really excited to play it. So, yeah. Well, well, most people don't know in this country because I keep track of uh, spirits and spirit players. This mono blue snow is exceptionally very popular in Japan. You know, there's a Hirotosuke. He's constantly getting five O's with Mono Blue Snow build. And it's kind of funny. Your build is, you know, basically comparable to his. I changed mine out. You have two Brazen Borrowers in your deck. Well, I removed it and put Cemetery Illuminator just because I felt that Cemetery Illuminator was more what I want because I want to draw more cards and take out from my opponent's graveyards. Just i don't know i i just don't trust the graveyard decks currently in pioneer now let me ask you brad you ended up playing testacular uh he you know he he would have done better he would have uh i think may have succeeded further in that tournament but you ended up kicking his ass let's be honest yeah i was pretty you unfortunate be, you beat him with mono you know uh azorius control I'm 100% how, what, what is it like facing spirits, especially a mono blue snow build? 
spirits is fairly scary um if they're able to like deploy the correct amount of threats they're ahead on board they have enough flash creatures to stay interactive on my turn they should always play on my turn um the mono blue version i feel slightly weaker just because they have more invest in this creature spells right you've got the uh, the enchantment uh spell that draws you cards uh curious obsession yep you also have um what's it called uh that snow one drop uh ascendant spirit ascendant yeah. spirit thank you and that invests early on if you invest in your creatures it's going to punish you unless my shields are down to get in that curious obsession draw right uh because if i can just portable hole something or march the uh otherworldly light uh azorius charm that's a huge tempo play on my part and you are net negativing uh your mana advantage from then on right like you pump the ascendant spirit that's three mana i azorius charm it back to the top that's a tempo play plus three mana loss and i've used my two mana for turn successfully because uh, I want to tap out every turn, basically, on your turn. And you're playing into my strategy at that point. Okay. Um, so overall, like, it's... If you can get three power down as a mono blue player, uh, Spears player, obviously, you just kind of want to keep doing that. And then when I react to you, because I have to react to you, you're able to deploy another threat. If it's a single removal spell or counter spell, or if it's a board wipe, just try to build enough... Uh, flash readers to redeploy like a rattle chains goes a long way in your hand so i don't like playing against spirits they're really good against my deck so <laughs> I, I, and, you know i hate to say as a spear player i love hearing that that makes me jovial <laughs> that makes me a giddy little boy because it's like woohoo here i come i'm coming at you boo I'm, yeah you know. it's spooky <laughs> <laughs> so gentlemen let, let's i know to stacular you've this is a new deck for you was there anything about the deck you were just like you would change or you would add um honestly i really really liked the way that all the cards lined up i liked the inclusion of the borrowers um everything in the sideboard really came out to play yesterday like uh i i played a three of sideboard that like you know, it was just like three, 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 because I wasn't sure what to expect. But like every time I cast a Mystic Subduel, every time I cast a Cerulean Drake, like they were just like on the front lines, like holding on to my opponent, holding my opponent down while I just like established an aerial force and like created the clock, you know? So i i'm gonna continue to play my list the way it is uh until something like glaringly better comes out to be fair um i did actually try out uh the illuminator last night on moto um over the brazen borrowers uh because borrowers are actually more expensive online than they are in paper uh so I, that was a, really the biggest reason but i also wanted to see you know how it would interact and having the ability to like say against grease fang reanimator remove like the problem vehicle with that spell seems really nice uh or just like you know exile your own spirit and then you can cast extra spells off the top of your deck like i do see the i do see the value there but i think brazen borrower has more flexibility and answers a lot more problems than illuminator ever could 
So. Oh, that, that, that's 100% fair. Let me ask you, Brad. Is there anything that you saw in Mono Blue Snow that you would go, hmm, uh, I would be worried if they added or incorporated this particular card in? Yeah, um, personally, like one of my best cards in the matchup is Supreme Verdict, right? Because you don't have a way to counter that. So divide by zero just puts it back into my hand. And then if you're land heavy or you have a card that you know is dead in the matchup, learns so you can just cycle that and draw a new card uh if you're playing like two of those and if you're feeling really spicy you're behind on cards or really worried about this matchup a teaching of the archaic in the sideboard uh to just draw back up to parity with me because i think it draws you three or four cards if you're down by x number of cards so those two spells are huge tempo plays in uh favor of blue white spirits okay now uh, I don't, I, I just brought it up to Sestacula. I just want to bring it up to the listening audience now uh, because Kamigawa is here. It's officially uh, here. There's no, you know, you can't put the genie back into the bottle. Uh, let's be honest. These channel lands, they're making waves throughout modern. I was considering putting maybe one to two uh, Ottawara, I think it's pronounced, uh, the Sky Kingdom or what the Sky Castle? I don't even know. The damn thing looks like a Star Destroyer from Star Wars. There, there you go. So, with that being said, uh, testaculate. Do you think it it'd be feasible for us to put that in our deck? And then I'll I'll jump onto Brad right afterwards. Do you think? How would you feel about that card in our deck? But also, how beneficial it is in your deck? Okay, well, so here's my biggest thing. It does not provide snow mana, and I just cannot get past that personally because I want to be able to consistently level Ascendant Spirit. I want to be able to consistently activate Faceless Haven. I want to, like, I just want to have that consistency in the deck. And while... I might like just palm Ottawa as a spell. It's supposed to, you know, also be able to be playable as a land. So I, I don't love it personally. I think we can continue to go without it, especially when we're playing main board brazen borrowers anyway. Uh, so that's just my, my take on that. That's fair. It's a hundred percent. I, I, you know, I agree with your take, you know, especially after this brief synopsis, how about you, Brad, with my, my thought process i completely agree i don't think it really has a place in spirits uh you're an aggro deck your curve isn't very high uh brazen borrower is very very good in that regard to provide that dual uh, functionality that you're kind of requiring between two to three mana it's a huge step and a, a torah soaring sea is going to ca- cost you four on average uh that's 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 a lot you, i don't know i don't like it either if I'm so, tapping four mana, I want to activate yeah. Spectral Sailor. You know what I mean? Yeah. I want to draw a card. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Now, you're not going to use it in uh, Azorius Control? Oh, no. I thought we were talking about Spirit Sailor. No, no, I'm 100% using spirit, it. But this just out of curiosity, is... you made it like, oh, both decks. I'm like, hmm, hold on, hold no, on no. there. No, I'm, you're I not going to really put it in you know, Azorius Control? I definitely have uh, pushed through Lethal multiple times due to it and saved some planeswalkers reset their counters essentially like a uh, resetting narset has provided some help in a blue white grindy matchup where i just need to get it back to hand redeployed they are still locked out 
I get two more cards for a land. It's a uh, very powerful. It's a very powerful spell for blue white. Well, spell for blue white control. Now, because you gentlemen are playing in Pioneer, are channel lands too powerful in Pioneer? Hmm. Uh, I never saw really it affect anybody else in a positive. Well, it affected it right, and I had to play around some of it. My mono black uh, opponent, it let him get back a. Uh, Oh, the three three haster wrinkle master of pranks. Mm. Let him get back wrinkle master of pranks, which is kind of annoying. Uh, but it didn't affect me specifically. My deck is kind of very resilient against these lands originally. Anyway, the Baseju is fine because I need mana. I'm playing five basic lands just in case because I have my two wasteland effects to pull stuff at field of ruin back out. So Baseju helps me in a way because I want. I tap out a lot. I'm playing 11, 12, 13 mana every single turn when I play. So, Okay. Now, Testacular, you've played uh, Legacy Spirits, the Azorius build. And now you've gone to Pioneer, and you played with the Mono Blue Snow build. I know what I'm going to say is like, well, you can't compare the two, but technically you can. I'm, even though we know that Legacy is a lot quicker, a lot speedier, more expeditious. In the feel, the context of the Spirit decks, for someone who's never played Mono Blue Snow, how would you uh, explain to an Azorius player the feel of Mono Blue Snow? Uh, Mono Blue Snow is a deck where you want to lean, you want to keep your shields up more often and you want to play less aggressively. Like with the Spirits build in Legacy, you're preemptively deploying your threats, like Spirit of the Labyrinth, for instance, to catch like brainstorms and ponders and whatnot. Uh, and you're you're able with Aether Vial, you're able to like crank out two guys a turn, and Supreme Phantom is like pumping the team and whatnot. But this deck, you're more you're you're playing it more like a tempo control, where you're relying on one to two threats for a very long time while holding up mana uh to counter the problem spells and then again eventually the aggro will build up and you will get there with a overwhelming amount of damage but you need to play more carefully you need to have your shields up for the for the problem spells like grease fang or winota or whatever you see in whatever matchup so it, it's it's a lot more slow paced but patience pays with this deck so i'm going to ask you both this question right now spirits is considered the second best deck in pioneer is it do you actually think it actually is huh it's a loaded question because the way i'm looking at it it's the most played and that's the reason why i think it has the numbers my thing is you've you know, Brad, you played against it. Is it as tough mm -hmm. as people think it is? And to say, you played the deck. You know how strong. You know, is, is it a tier? Is it truly a tier one deck? Even top, like the second best deck in tier one. Do you want to start, Brad? Or, uh, sure. Yeah, I'll start. Um, 
I'm not so entirely familiar with what the actual tier list of Pioneer is currently. I wouldn't personally place it as uh, a, a tier, like the top, the second best deck in the format. Um, okay. uh, I think somebody told me that they believe that Winota was the, the best deck currently. I kind of feel like Mono Red's really, really good, though. Um, they can go dual super beats or burn out plan, which is pretty uh, standard, but it's just such a relentless build. Um, uh, and with Spirits matchup, how's Spirits matchup against the uh, Jun Sacrifice deck? They've got the uh, Devil to ping everything. I don't know how that is. Well, with the mono blue, it doesn't do exceptionally well. That's the reason why cemetery. That's why I put cemetery illuminator in there, just oh, because okay. of that that reason alone. Um, but in Azorius build, yeah, Azorius builds, it's not that bad. When you go with uh, the Banth build, really, you're vomiting creatures, so you really don't care. In a sense, you're just mm -hmm. like, here you go, I win. So go ahead, test that. I'm sorry. Uh, no worries. Um, so to to start with your question, uh, to quote Chris Finley, a friend of ours, yesterday, spirits isn't a real strategy. That 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 is something he said to me, like what? outside. He's like, you're playing. He he looked at me as like, you're not playing a real deck, and I'm like, I'm pretty sure I'm playing a real deck. You know, like. So I, I pay thousands I, of dollars for a deck that doesn't exist. It's no. Well, yeah, no, I paid a hundred dollars. I mean, well, let's be realistic. Well, I got, right? I got the foils and all this other oh, stuff. So, okay, like, okay. Yeah, it's it's enough. definitely a real deck. I before we played the tournament, I personally said I believed it was a B tier, maybe a B. I said B B plus specifically. Okay. I put Azorius Control as an A tier deck. Uh, oh. uh, yeah, like. Just a mid A, uh, and the S tier decks are like I thought Winota and uh, Arclight Phoenix. Phoenix. That's was the other one. one I of said the other yeah. ones that we like expected, and we saw multiple copies of it yesterday. Like mm -hmm. there were definitely people representing the deck, but we were thinking more like yeah, Winota, Arclight, Grease Fang, and we yeah. expected Lotus Field, but there were zero copies of Lotus Field in the room yesterday. And out of thirty-seven players, that's impressive. Because it it's beatable, the the deck is one hundred percent beatable. That's the, like it, it it takes a certain. I'm not gonna say luck, but you have to have what the French call a little bit of that je ne sais quoi ah, to yes. pilot that deck correctly to get the win. You know, it's it's like every other combo deck. It's like if you get that combo piece, whoo I win the deck. If you don't get that combo piece, you're like, please Lord, let me get the combo. Let, let me get the combo. Let me get the combo. <laughs> oh, what am I ever gonna get this combo? Why am I keep on drawing lands, drawing lands? Why don't? Why am I not getting this combo? That that's how I look at Lotus Control because, you know, that's how Lotus Control plays. You know, it's just like, uh, yeah, the, the sorry, the Lotus Combo plays. It's just like great. You know, it's as your friend would say, it's not a real deck. <laughs> <laughs> shots enough. have been fired I, I, I you know if shots have been fired you know just you know call me ben affleck no well what's the guy that uh the guy that uh got in trouble for shooting somebody on on, on stage alec baldwin alec, alec baldwin. baldwin yeah call me alec yeah. baldwin it's all right you know, <laughs> shots have been fired oh man so uh gentlemen i, I know that you you were at this event were there any decks that actually stood out besides my mono blue snow build. 
uh, and I'll, I'll give Brad some credit to, you know, Azorius <laughs> Control. But were there any decks that actually stood out and you go, holy crap, uh, this is the cream of the crop, not the cream of the crap? Um, again, I think the mono red deck that one player was on was pretty, pretty good for the format. They made it to the finals against Brad, uh, where, where Brad really took him down in a, in just a savage beating. But, uh, you know, like that, that deck plays pretty impressively. Like I was watching it at the top eight tables during Brad's run. So it, it, it played really well. It, it handily took down Winota, and then it handily took down uh, Arclight uh, before running into Brad at the finals table. So, Okay, so Brad won it all, huh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I dropped a total of... My, my overall record for games was 13-4-1, so I had uh, a bunch okay. of 2-0s. Okay. I didn't drop a game in the top eight. So Wow. Now, well, the best part is Testacular, I admitted before the show, he ended up playing again against uh, you know azaria's control and he beat it so it was like okay yay you know it's like that uh small revenge even though it's not against brad he can beat me any day of the week we can, go, <laughs> we can, we can show up tonight and just jam games he'll beat me wow then. okay like, like i expect to see footage later on this evening of testacular <laughs> just wiping the floor with brad that's that's what i want to say i don't care if it's mtgo or life paper all I play is live paper. I'm going to be honest. I don't have anything. <laughs> so, Brad, let me ask you because you're, you know, I, I'm curious about the Azorius control. I know we mm. have several people here who are like probably supporting you. Like, yay, we got our guys over here from Portland, Oregon. Like, wow. Right. And then you have your, we have some of the spirit squadron here, the spirit squad. They're, they're probably curious. How do we go about uh, beating? Azorius control. Now, what are the main strengths? I this is what I love to asking. What are the main strengths of Azorius control? I am able to see a lot of cards, which give me a lot of options overall. Um, the game might seem like I'm being pressured. You know, you hit me for three, four, five a turn. Um, I'm looking for my options. I don't care about the hit, right? So as soon as I'm doing something, it's because I'm assessing that it's the time to do that uh i just don't care about my life total it's a very good resource to use i have the absorbers to get me back in the game in terms of that um i have to i try to go for two for ones all my supreme verdicts i never really cashed in a three for one at all for anything my big hits for uh how i basically crawl back in the game are planeswalkers in game one wandering emperors were really big even a, a well-timed shark typhoon will take over a game uh, against the spirits because like you just kind of don't expect it right just all of a sudden I, that's why i play a one of in there um yeah and and for thank sideboarding play one of i play one on the side but one oh. main oh good thank god for that <laughs> yeah yeah it's actually uh so for sideboarding with my sideboard plan against uh spirits in general has been cutting two narsets cutting a teferi and one of my absorbs, because uh, if I win game one, I'm automatically going to be on the draw again. Uh, I bring in a portable hole, uh, settle the wreckage, one mystical spew, one shark typhoon. If it goes to game three, I'll probably end up trimming one more uh, Teferi for another mystical dispute because I have one more on the side. Uh, I just need that card to come back, uh, Teferi, to come back to stabilize me. But if it's uh, game three, I really want to tighten up and 
get all my ducks in a row before I even worry about casting a five drop against a deck that can counter it for one mana sometimes. So, Well, let me ask you, because you say, you know, life is a resource and you, mm. you're not really worried about your life. When do you, you know, when do you start getting nervous? Like, I'm just curious, like if I come across a, a Nazarius control player, you know, what makes them nervous? That's seven life, five no. life. Uh, I six is probably the number for me, especially against a, a a flash deck or a burn deck. Six is when I start to get nervous, possibly. Um, yeah, if, if I'm in a commanding position, they have no cards in hand. I don't care. It's it's all if it's, it's all coming up millhouse at that point, right? If I feel like the player has hit a land pocket, I can't be beat in that point either. If even if I'm at four life, uh, the mon the Boreal's burn player got me down to one life multiple occasions. But Absorb brought me back into the game, and I two of them in the uh, to qualify for top eight. So it it uh, takes a lot to rattle uh, me when you're used to having these situations thrust upon you every single time. Even my mono black player uh, opponent got me down to one life too, huh? Yeah, that was a pretty tight game. Oh, I just want to talk about this one sick play that I had. Okay, okay? so it was mono the mono black guy. I had up ten mana. I was doing all this math just in case he got something back. I had looked at a couple cards with a uh, what was that? Four mana. You look at memory the top deluge. Board. Thank you, current memory deluge. I put a uh, otherworldly march of the otherworldly light. What was the other card, current? Do you remember? March of otherworldly light. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, oh, the other card was uh, shark typhoon. Shark typhoon over to fairy and uh, a land. And my reasoning was my opponent had three creatures on board. They had the man land on board, able to activate it. That card has menace. So I had one out of my two field ruins left on the field. I had exactly enough mana to cycle Shark Typhoon as a 3-3 to put it down to eat one of their two uh, one-drop creatures that are two ones. Blow up their man land. That will give me the third mana I need for the March of Worldly Light to exile their 3-2. Oh, so I had played that. And that's why I put those two in instead of Teferi because I was at like one life. So <laughs> there was also slick. an absorb that's in slick. that pile that I was like, mm, that's interesting. They that didn't take the absorb because he was because so low on life. If they didn't have anything, they ended up getting a wrinkle and tacking in. Right. But if they didn't have anything, I don't need the absorb because I've got the flying threat. That's going to come down as a seven, seven and attack them. And then they're on the back foot. Because at that point in time, uh, they themselves were at 12 life. Mm -hmm. And one of their creatures couldn't block. I had would have theoretically had a 8-8 uh, eight, eight shark and the Hall of the Storm Giant land was going to be bashing in for lethal. And I had another two uh, samurai generated. So they wouldn't have been able to survive if they had nothing that turn. All right. Well, then let me ask you. We asked you for the strengths. What are the main weaknesses that us spirit players, uh, especially to stack with the mono blue snow build, can take advantage of? Uh, you play during my turn. That's huge. Because uh, I want to play during your turn. And since you dictate the pace of play with having early generated threats and flash threats, I have to react to that and tap out. And when I'm tapped out, you're able to deploy your stronger more resilient threats at opportune times and beat me you can uh game one is better for you because you're able to hold up mana because the wandering emperor 
is a house. It pulls me into the game in such a way that I can't really accurately describe. Mm -hmm. uh, it won me more more games than any other card in the deck by and far. Uh, and if I stumble on mana, you probably also win because I have so many cards at four, five, and one at six. I even count the lands that I have to activate uh, for that. I'm playing 27 lands, for goodness sakes. So uh, you can tell I need lands. <laughs> if you're able just to hold up one or two counter spells in key moments, the, the game's over for me, 100%. Uh, I've got to get my two-for-ones. I've got to get the one-for-ones done early on and keep you from pressuring my life total because I can't. It's it's going to end really quickly. It's going to end really quickly. That okay. Uh, uh, Test that guild, you have any questions for Brad out of curiosity because, you know, we have him. He's a little vulnerable here. You know, <laughs> do you have any questions for Brad about his deck? Uh, I mean, not really. Like, I know how I know I know his list, like the seventy-five, because you know I looked at it and everything, and we okay. we 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 got ready for this tournament together, and like I, him and I didn't really play any games together, but like. I was just like, I'll just dodge you, you know, we'll get into the top eight it's together. <laughs> and uh, yeah, round five, unfortunately, we got paired up and it was one of us or the other. If I won, I would have been in that top eight, but uh, he won and he uh, took it all the way home, thankfully. Gosh, Otherwise, I, well, I mean, I, it would have been worse if he, if he, you know, bombed out in the quarterfinals yeah, or something. So, <laughs> well, yeah. Let me ask you, because I, I love to hear uh, people who play other decks. What's, what spirit cards put the fear in you, Brad? Oh, uh, the Spell Queller is like a terrifying thing. Uh, Selfless Spirit's also really, really good. Those two are that Rattle Chains. Rattle Chains, obviously. Mausoleum Wanderer. <laughs> um, oh, wow. Yeah, those are like the top or especially rattle chains actually rattle chains spell quarter one two followed by uh self spear and green three so skyclave is just like meh get out of here i do not care about skyclave okay. i play two one drops in my main board portable holes so okay no, I, just forget, I just forget it as just because hey I know skyclave have... can take wandering emperor though mm. okay mm. Then I'll just remove it and have a four <laughs> i'm super uh... fine with that it might be my favorite card in the deck but yeah. It's already done its job. It's either committed to the board or exiled something and gained me two life to get me back to some level of parity, right? So if I have to remove a thing to get a 4-4, four, four, now I can, I've got a 4-4 four, four to rumble with your uh, ground pounder. Oh. The faceless so, haven. Okay, so ladies and gentlemen, you heard here from a, you know, a Zoe's control player, a.k.a. Brad, Mr. Mustache himself, beautiful mustache that it is. He, you know, he basically gave you the tools to how to attack and control and beat down control. So to stack going now that you know, yeah, now, now you use that, uh, use that okay, little bit of information time. and uh, ground, the pound, ground the pound. <laughs> now, what I want to bring up uh, to you gentlemen is a deck that came up in SCG Indie. And I, I, I'll try to bring it up. Nope, that's not it. And there it is. You know, this is a deck list that ended up playing uh, at uh, SEG Philly, Indy, sorry, because I was at Philly. So I wanted you, your perspective, especially testacular, 
and, and Brad being the opponent, what do you think? My thing is that I'm a little surprised on one particular card, and it's this card right here. If I can bring it up, it's Iris Death Desert Doom. Like, the hell? I'm sorry. We're not doing that. Okay. For those who who are just listening in, I don't know how to pronounce this. It's like Imrith Desert Doom is three generic and uh, a blue and a blue legendary dragon creature. It's a 5-5 flyer. Basically, this creature has ward. For as long as it's untapped and it goes whenever this creature deals combat damage to a player draw a card then if you have a player that has three cards in hand draw cards equal to that difference it's not that bad it's very spicy it, it, it's good but the question is does it fit the theme for mono blue snow uh, I mean, well, it's a dragon in a spirits deck, so it basically failed the thematic test. It's called uh, Desert Doom on top of that. <laughs> uh, also, I don't like it. It's five mana, and it doesn't have flash, and uh, I don't know. Like, it, it, it's, it seems like a really late game play. Uh... Maybe in some matchups it would be fine, but like I don't want to roll with that in my main deck. I want more consistency out of my one drops. Like I I think this list is absolutely foolish for not running four of every one drop. You want a one drop. That's how you start your game. I mold to it. Like I I do not keep a hand with a two drop spirit. It's not good. It's not a good hand. I want to get started, you know, like immediately. So that's that's my scathing take on that. <laughs> I think it's fine. This list is fine. I really like the fading hopes and marks of swirling mists in my notes I was taking earlier. Those were in consideration for uh, my matchup for Mono Blue. That might be something also. Uh, so they are playing the longer game. Uh, you're you're all familiar with like an infect and legacy, right? Just deploys yes. one threat, gets there very slowly. And waits mm-hmm. to pop off later. That's what this deck is trying to do, I think. I think they're going slower. They're conceding that uh, you can't always get right out the gate. There's a lot of removal ro- rolling, uh, running around right now. They have three Field of Ruins to help combat all the utility lands and uh, man lands out there. Mm-hmm. I like that, too. Um, also kind of auto-draws you uh, a land out of your deck. Right? That's always how I think of it. I like the draw spells, too. Uh, overall, I think this is a nice list. It's very interesting. I'd like to try this sometime. What actually surprised me is that you have the March of the Swirling Mist. I was like, where the hell did that come from? Yeah. I, I that's, a, that's a card that I would have never, ever expected in a spirit deck. Of course, you know, guys, the Light Snare, I'm like, why do we not have more of that? That To me, that doesn't make any sense. Like, there should be more of that. You know, I'm okay with Spell, Pierce, Lofty Denial, I'm okay with, you know, what's the one card that we we've discussed here uh, the uh, where it deals damage you draw a card it's not here curious obsession yeah where is yeah. the curious obsession it's an there's investment none. it's investment in man on your creatures it kind of screams for a two for one yeah and but the, the fading but, hope march do dual purpose like they allow you to get through blockers and break parity 
But I'm, I, I'd, I'd rather, my thing is, if you're going to go after my little puny one, one with the curious obsession, you're, you're missing out on the bigger picture, the bigger creature that I have that are actually going to eventually come over and smack you. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? But it's like, it's, it's a little carrot. It's like, oh, come here. Get this, get this. You don't want one. Come on, come on. You know you want it. Uh, there you go. You took it. Ass. Now I'm coming in at you. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I can see your point. I understand. But uh, yeah, like I'm just looking at the four spectral sailor two mausoleum wanderer. That yeah. seems backwards. Mm-hmm. And like again, I I am of the belief that you want to maximize your one drops, and I agree that there should be more guys light snares. I know this takes away like flexibility and numbers and things like that, but I I don't know. Like having those four ofs has felt so tight so far. Like those are the only cards I want to be casting, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not trying to besmirch any spear player. If this is your deck list, you know, take you know, take some, you know, criticism, you know, corrective criticism. Maybe you may want to improve the deck. You know, you did play it at, you know, I give you credit for wanting to play this and did play it at uh, an SCG con. God bless you. You know, I love the fact that uh, people are taking initiative and uh, wanting to try different things. That's why we have a, a D star who ended up, go, you know, coming in fifth place in the modern challenge playing uh, Urion Spirits. Congratulations to that young man thinking outside the box. Uh, I know this individual may have tried to think outside the box, but it makes me curious there's certain cards in the box that should stay in the box and should be part of the deck. So other cards you can use outside of the box. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't understand my, if you understand my logic there. Yeah. Like a, you, you should try to get in contact with this guy, pick his brain over this. Like for sure. I, I definitely have to. That's like, if you're viewing this, this young man, whoever you are, and you're saying, Hey, it's my deck. Let's reach out to me at mtgectoplasm at gmail.com. And let me know what was your thought process. And ladies and gentlemen, if you have any questions or concerns or any issues, share them with me. Uh, you know, let me know what you thought of Brad and Testacular. Did you like the show or did you not like the show? Not if you did, because I can't get over Brad's mustache. I'm just in lust with that thing. <laughs> uh, thank you thank you i appreciate the humor de blanco <laughs> not a problem my man now gentlemen uh we come to the end of the show uh is there anything you want to share with the listening mm-hmm. audience or viewing audience um yeah i don't know uh i I could talk uh, about the matchups from yesterday a little bit in sure. detail if you want to hear a little bit about my sure, experience there. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, Mono Blue Spirits, I went four and two yesterday. So, uh, with very little testing and very little pioneer knowledge, um, round one, Arclight Phoenix was a 2 0 sweep. Like, uh, game one was, uh, they deployed a turn two thing in the ice and they didn't really get it flipped until like turn six or so. Uh, so I was able to get damaged through during that time. And then when they did flip it, I left all this mana up. So I just reflashed in things through rattle chains to get the damage done. Um, and then in game two, uh, I ripped an entrancing melody after, uh, a, 
um, thing in the ice had been flipped, so I took a free 7-8 for myself for four mana, uh, and that was very good. Uh, round two, played against green-red hardened scales. I don't know if that's an established deck, but uh, they, went, they went turn one hardened scales, turn two runaway steamkin, turn three, they churned through like 30% of their deck using experimental frenzy, because like every red spell would get two counters on runaway uh, steamkin, and they used right. kick in the door to put an extra counter on it the f so that like they were essentially ritualing using this card called kick in the door which puts a plus one plus one counter on a creature and uh like gives it something until end of turn but with hardened scales that's two counters and then two counters for the red spell so that's four counters for steamkin and wow. then they're like going through experimental frenzy and just building this board and i'm like okay I can see it. You got me. And then in game two, uh, they went on like a fervent champion beatdown. Like they they had like three fervent champions, but I had Cerulean Drakes just like holding the front lines because they have protection from red. Right. And Ascendant Spirits like climbing the corporate ladder in the meantime, <laughs> like getting the levels up and then just beating for four while like I have two Cerulean Drakes just sitting on the ground going, come here, fervent champion come here well you know like it was great and then in game three uh the first two runaway steamkins that hit the board met mystic subduals and so they just stayed out of play and i was able to get a aerial force and win the game uh round three played against boros weenie uh this was a tough matchup um toolcraft exemplar like the one re the red one drop that gets plus one plus one if you control an artifact the red pinger that makes a blood token like all this aggressive stuff plus boros charm we played three games uh game one they got there game two game two i kept a one lander mold to six kept a one lander what? played a mausoleum wander failed to draw a land played a spectral sailor beat for two drew a land on turn three slam supreme phantom like i'm just like racing my heart out on this one and i win on like a turn where i'm at like six life against him because he's raced me back right and uh i get like lethal in the air and counter like the one spell removal spell that they had and it was like wow i cannot believe i got there those games feel so great i don't care what anybody says it's like please lord please lord please lord please lord please lord please i'll be a good boy i won't do this this week okay uh, maybe i won't do it next week either uh, thank god uh uh what next for a whole month i won't do it okay oh, yeah, yeah, yeah then you win you're like i'm not gonna do any of that you kidding me <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was basically that and then game three they got their vengeance they had like three boros charms like very early on in succession and like giving things double strike and just doing four of the face and i was i just didn't do well Round four, played against Greasefang Reanimator. Mm. Uh, not really knowing what the deck did or anything like that. Like, mm -hmm. they played a turn two Grizzly Salvage. They put, like, the really good vehicle in their graveyard. On turn three, they played a Thought Seize to get the counterspell out of my hand. And then they played a Tassiger. And then on turn <laughs> four, I was tapped out. They just slammed Greasefang, got the thing back, and swung for 17 damage. And I was like, okay, you got it. You win. And then game two and three were so beautiful. I 
I just like held up mana for everything, answered every single Grease Fang mm-hmm. I saw with like a counter spell or a Mystic Subduel. I had an early Graph Diggers Cage. Uh, and then they played the Sorin while I had the Graph Diggers Cage out that like reanimates stuff. And I was like, I was about to counter it because it was a Planeswalker. Right. And then I was like, wait nah you can have it and then they like tried to use it and i pointed at the cage i'm like i'm sorry graph diggers cage is on the table like and they're and like, you're oh, like i no. guarantee you had like a weenie on the board and you're like pink, pink yeah pink, <laughs> pink. those i'm telling you that that's why i love mono blue snow it's just like counter 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 pink pink counter pink counter pink it, it gets so frustrated it's just like enough can, can i play magic <laughs> And yeah, so in games two and three, we we got them real good. Uh, and then round five, you know, me and Brad played, which was very sad. Um, he beat me up real good. Uh, and then in round six, I played against Green White Hate Bears, and they got rolled over real fast because in game one i put three curious obsessions on a mausoleum wanderer and so i was drawing three and dealing four a turn i don't know this stuff just it was allowed to happen like all they had for interaction was thalia and like thalia is fine but like mystics of duel was also really good against that card mm-hmm. and then they also had the three drop three one flyer that looks at your hand and tears a spell out that makes you pay two more mm-hmm. but i countered that and then like there was an archon of Amiria as well but i like shackle geisted it down like it was just like not not really the ideal matchup for them i don't think at all like i just had an aerial force and they were just sitting on the ground doing nothing so let me just tell you shackle geist was one of these cards that i was like eh, meh. yeah it fits the deck but it's, eh. <laughs> and then now it's like holy crap i love me some shackle geist i wish to block creatures but it don't but i'm okay with that because i like me some shackle geist yeah, Ben and I in Legacy were just like, oh, so we tap two spirits and it taps down their Merit Lodge? Deal. Like, <laughs> this card seems powerful. <laughs> People are sleeping on it. I'm like, mm. now that reminds me, Testacular. I, I, there's a young man who I don't know if I've told you. Uh, he plays Legacy Spirits in Brazil, in uh, Rio do Sur. Uh, hopefully i'm saying that right douglas rosa he's part of a team called team manamox down in brazil and uh let me just tell you he's kicking ass with the zoria spirits so i'm just saying like uh, i know you're an elf guy you you know i can see the cradle in the background that's where i'm from but but, uh, you know it's okay to be a tree hugger but nothing you know feels better than knowing that when you pass away you have an afterlife Look, I am paying the Spirits Tribe my respect by becoming a master of the Pioneer Mono Blue Spirits snow list, okay? <laughs> that That is what I'm here to do. I'm here to play Pioneer and Blue. That's what I'm here to do. And then we got Brad over here playing Control. I'm just here to win, y'all. I don't want you one from me. <laughs> There you go. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so is there anything you want to add, Brad, to the show? Uh, I guess my most interesting matchup 
well, actually, I, I, I kind of want to talk about being out there again mm -hmm. for the first time in like forever. Mm -hmm. uh, being around that mount, many people, my first three rounds, I was so nervous because one, I haven't played Magic. I don't play Magic online or anything, right? So playing in paper and being surrounded by people watching you because I went to time my, to turns my first three rounds. So I've got like 20 people and I'm like starting to shake and all that. Like, oh man. And I, I feel the misplays. Like I made a misplay here. I made a misplay there. Uh, Winona round one, there were some more optimal plays I could have done to prevent me being under uh, the amount of pressure I was under. I made a note of those. Um, Blue red emergence was a very fun deck to play against because they're so kind of counteractive to my deck in a weird way. Right. There's a lot of like, eh, I don't care about a, a, a bone crusher giant resolving. It's fine. I'll deal with it some other way. But the emergence creature tapping down my lands continuously to prevent me from doing anything was a big pain. I was going to turn the, the corner if I had another five minutes, but that was like my most nerve wracking match because I was one one. I didn't want to lose. I want to keep on going. But oh, that was a tough one. Um Blue. Then after that, because it was the last match, I had to roll into playing against a blue-white mid-range uh, deck. Uh, that was also that's my other uh, like I had four game losses. So so far we've accounted for two now right. with the uh, mid-range deck. That was another tough one because all of my um, board wipes didn't amount to anything, and those are my ways to generate what was super this one. Like this this deck. The this mid-range three drop planeswalkers like gideon's okay. um obviously the the four drop emperor some to fairies they also were using a heart of kieran so okay. they got they resolved heart of kieran on two they mulgan twice i'm like what's going on heart of kieran on two and gideon on three mm, and game one was sense. over right like, i was able to remove it then they just deployed the uh oh we were talking about that fairy row the flash with petty theft on it oh, oh uh brazen bar, bar. Yeah. yeah they they were playing four of those as well uh, they were still playing two main board Dodin's vetoes and a couple of uh, no, no board wipes in their deck mm. and uh, a two shark typhoons main and three um, <laughs> absorbs. So I had to like play around all this other stuff and I was able to turn the corner and win in uh, games two and three. But that was also another really that's another match. I went down to one life. <laughs> uh, Jun Sack, it just kind of feels like. Well, after after this one, I kind of really calmed down after Jensek because I went to turns again. Then turns, turn turns is really nerve wracking when you have right. thirty plus people watching you critiquing uh, Jensek. I lost O two, real brutal. Then after that, I calmed down. I was like, "All right, now the loss is out of the way. None of this matters anymore. I'm exactly. here to play test. Like, right? This is me play testing the Pioneer format to try to figure out if I want to continue, and I, I will." Uh, Steady as a rock after that. Uh, after that, I did not drop a game. 2-0, okay. 2-0, 2-0, 2-0, So that the nerves that you have being around people critiquing you kind of end like as soon as you lose. You're like, I don't care what this person thinks. They're not in the seat anymore, right? I'm in the right. seat. I'm the big man. There you go. <laughs> there you go. I like that charisma, that machismo yeah. there. Yeah. Now, like one thing I did like hearing from both of you is the fact that you enjoyed uh the gathering getting back together playing you know playing magic being uh with the community i love that hearing that from you it sounds like you guys are liking the pioneer format to me i know testicular he plays majority legacy i never see him ever play modern 
but to hear him play pioneer that makes me happy and then hearing you brad going you know i i, I may have found the format that i feel comfortable in and i i wish more people especially the viewing and listening audience would consider mm-hmm. if you are not into pioneer now is the time to get into pioneer i say this for one major reason right now the cards are not overly priced they're just priced exactly where they need to be in the next maybe five to seven years pioneer is going to be modern mm-hmm. right now modern is on its verge on its way to being legacy and legacy is on its way to being vintage so if you're looking to get into a, a, a every, you know forever format now it's time to get on the uh basement you know first level of the format and start trying to figure out whom you are as a player are you a control player are you an aggro player uh mid-range uh tempo you gotta combo you gotta figure yourself out what you know and see where you align yourself in this format because it's only going to get more expensive as time goes on and i wouldn't you know particularly stick any particular tribe except for me which i'm a spirit guy and i'll never give up my spirits and i'll try to you know slowly browbeat bred into being a spirit player um <laughs> it could happen could yeah, work, but I, I you know i did get testacular to become one so you know you know the brow beating has worked and i didn't have to spend any red mana for it so uh <laughs> let me ask you guys what you know what is your thoughts on the pioneer format there in the top eight there were eight different decks that's pretty diverse for a top eight of, it's sure only 37 players but uh, there were many duplicates of decks overall you would uh, i would say and top eight eight differences that's amazing format diversity right now like i love it i'm so into that i'm a guy who likes to build a different deck all the time i can't sit still you know just different deck different deck different deck and with this anything's pretty much viable uh that's my take on it yeah i was gonna say not only uh did i see established decks i saw brutes i saw like you know uh ideas come to the table that you know i hadn't even thought about and those those players did well enough like you know they won some of their games uh obviously i i don't think anything in the top eight was like super brewy or anything like that like because uh, the top eight yesterday was the jun sacrifice deck Brad on Azorius Control, Mono Black, Burn, Winota, uh, Arclight Phoenix, uh, what was, um, oh, Gruel Aggro, is that seven? It's seven, yeah. Uh, did you say Jun Sacrifice? I did say Jun Sacrifice, I'm just trying to remember what the last player was playing. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, control? he's too far away from me. No, that was me. No, <laughs> that, was, that was Brad. Uh... Darn, I honestly can't remember. It was it was Parker's quarterfinals opponent, but uh oh yeah, I I remember I remember see I, I can remember the player, but honestly I can't remember what they were playing, but it was different. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it was like nothing super brewy, but there were a lot of brews at the tables, you know, and it was cool to see people win games with them. So See, and that's one thing I do enjoy about playing the spirits and being part of the spirit community is because if you really look at the spirit build, uh, it is very, it's different, but basically the same deck 
It has the same creatures. It's mm-hmm. just the mana base is a little different, or there's a couple of spells here and there that are a little different. Uh, if you look at the band, it's almost the same deck, just land base is different, and you don't got Aether Vial. You know, uh, Zorius build, you don't have the Aether Vial, but you have, you know, uh, Watcher of the Spheres that acts as if your Aether Vial. So, I mean, if, you, if you're, you know, listening brand new or viewing this and saying, I don't know what deck to consider, you may want to consider spirits because if you like pioneer and you like the pioneer spirit, guess what? You can go into modern, which is slowly leaking to the legacy, or you can actually go to legacy and uh, really uh, find your way to kick testacular's ass left and right against elves. Nope. Yes. yes. <laughs> Magic is easy. Magic is no, easy. it is not. No, don't, don't lie. <laughs> that's our team oh, motto, though. That's our motto. You have that's to say it. Well, you my have team, to say I'm a team of one, and my motto is just don't suck. That's fair. That's a good motto. Fair. And then the other one is make your opponent say, that's Bushit. But that's, in, you know. <laughs> Pretty good. I like that hold one. On, hold on. Yeah, right there. That's, that's Bushit. <laughs> the darn camera work it's like how does these cameras work oh it's the reverse oh that's that's right <laughs> well thank you gentlemen i appreciate you having uh joining me on this show especially being in the uh pacific northwest uh you know kicking ass and taking names and you know brad essentially congratulations for winning the tournament shame on testicular for not kicking brad's ass seriously but, you know you still get love from me testicular no matter what uh before you go before we end the show i have to bring this up and i know it may be a little sorts topic for you testicular but for those who don't know testicular actually had some of his stuff his card stolen uh it's a very sad thing uh if there's anything i can do to uh assist um don't you know green cards i have green cards aplenty that i'm willing to donate you know i don't know if there are any money cards but i I have plenty of commons and uncommons that i'm willing to (laughs) end up but uh you know i I feel bad for you my friend let can you bring uh talk about this a little bit yeah i uh i can yeah definitely so uh it was actually a week ago today that um my cards were stolen out of my car uh overnight um unfortunately the vehicle wasn't locked, I don't think, because there were no signs of forced entry. My fob probably failed to, you know, read the lock or whatever. And so the bag's been gone. I filed a police report, contacted all my local game stores with a detailed account of the things that were missing of value. Um, and, yeah, uh, basically just kind of hoping that, you know, this stuff turns up. We also contacted... A bunch of dealers like uh mox uh boarding house reached out to card kingdom they're re- they're like looking at you know offer up craigslist facebook marketplace you know all those things but uh uh what's interesting is this is the second time this has ever happened to me um oh. the oh. first time this happened to me was actually nearly nearly 10 years ago um where i had a collection stolen from me and i took the same steps back then that i took you know now and i was lucky enough to have the perpetrator uh show up to the uh one of the like most iconic game stores in my city 
to try to trade my collection in and somebody called me down and we were able to uh place an arrest together with the police to take them uh you know to justice and uh i got my stuff back and it was like a miracle that that happened at all but I don't think I'm going to get lucky twice. I've kind of come to terms with it. I haven't really come up with a plan as far as replacing my stuff yet. Um, I've had several people uh, reach out and, you know, say, hey, I can send you, you know, like certain elves that I foiled out that I kept like the old cards or, you know, I've had people be like, I can you know, chip in towards a replacement or whatever. And I'm really, really, really appreciative of how awesome the community has been uh, during this time. And I really, you know, love everyone for being able to offer all that. Uh, I just am not ready to accept that because, you know, like I I feel a little guilty about it all because like the, you shouldn't have to do that for me you know this shouldn't have happened in the first place this is the first time i left my bag in my car in like years and years i swear it just slipped my mind that night and like so it it's it's a situation that i'm dealing with still and i have thankfully the community around here has been able to lend me the cards that i need and uh, the spirits deck that I played yesterday, it wasn't the deck I built because that deck was stolen, but that was actually gifted to me from a couple of friends, and they said, here, you can just keep it afterwards, too. Oh, very nice. Uh, so that was really great of them, but I'll, I'm playing 1K next week and two in Seattle. It's a legacy one, but I have, every, I have a couple of people lending me elves, and so... Okay as long as the deck's available for me to borrow for a big event I want to play, you know, that's kind of, it's not necessary for me to own the paper cards anymore too. And it's dangerous to own the cards, obviously uh, for me, if, especially if this has happened multiple times to me. So I'm kind of just like, maybe I'll just borrow it when I really need to play it. And I have my online collection. I'm still a grinder. I'm still going right. to bring you content. I'm still going to play on Twitch. You know, I'm, I'm going to keep bringing and playing magic and I'm not leaving the community by any Very means. Good. That does so. see bravo. Bravo. That's, that's what I'd love to hear. I'm happy. You know, you're not, you know, I had a friend of mine, he ended up getting his stuff robbed and you know, he, he was like, I, 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 maybe I'm done. And I'm like, I'm happy you're not. Uh, it breaks my heart to hear, you know, your uh, hear anybody's collection get stolen. It sounds like your legacy elves did officially get stolen in this. Correct. You know? uh, the good news is that the cradles in the deck were proxies, so I didn't lose guys' cradles, thankfully, <laughs> at this price point. But yeah, everything else was real, so that was a big loss. Okay. But. I was gonna say, do you play commander or? Uh, I commander don't play command. Well. <laughs> I'm starting to play commander, but I haven't built a commander deck at all. I've just been borrowing friends from the group I play in and I just like playing with them, you know? So, well, what I'm going to do to you do for you, ladies and gentlemen, for those who don't know, uh, I have the Millicent, uh, commander deck. Uh, I'm going to send that to you, my friend, as you know, as a, an unopened and it's just going to send it to you uh, to help you rebuild. Wow. I mean, I understand it, it, it's not an elf. It's a spirit, but from my heart, from my wife, we feel bad. And we're going to send this to you, my friend, uh, wow. the Malicent commander deck. 
So awesome. Thank you so much, Shway. <laughs> I, I really appreciate it. I will take that commander deck and I will play it and I will tune it and make it my own. How about exactly. that? There you go. And you make your opponent say that's boo sheet. That's boo sheet. <laughs> there you go. Now, uh, at the end of the show, you got to send me all your info so I can send it out to you this, you know, Thank sometime you. this week. Uh, so uh, it might, it breaks my heart to hear somebody would do that to anybody. Uh, me personally, I have my collection insured, uh, just because I've been playing over, uh, since 1999, since, you know, uh, the, the at the end of the Ursa saga block, you know, I came in during uh, Mercadian masks, that type of period. And, you know, if I lost my collection, I wouldn't know what to do. You know, I have the actual dual lands. I, you know, God, I probably got like 20 uh, Force of Wills. I have eight Gaia's Cradles, you know, m moats, nether voids. Like, my collection is extensive. Like, I could actually sell my, my thing for easy, like $400,000 worth of magic cards. So, you know, for me giving you Millicent. You thank know, you you know but thank you. my my thing is you know if for those who are listening ensure your stuff so, you know because god knows there may be a fire collection's gone make uh, sure you save it on a hard drive somewhere so you know you can be rebuilt you know not give up on the game what price point would you suggest for people to start doing that at? Uh, well it really depends on your collection um, mm -hmm. if you're in an apartment, I would hunt and my wife will tell you, she, her apartment burnt down when, before we got together <laughs> and she ended up getting renters insurance. Uh, I would tell you if you have a, a debt, like magic cards that are worth about $10,000, I would start investing, you know, start a 10 grand and, you know, because you've already invested 10 grand in there and that doesn't include the, you know, potential price point that those cards have in the near future you know what i mean yeah, yeah you know you know how many people have a black lotus i i don't but my thing is if i had a black lotus you bet your ass that thing is getting insured because if that thing got stolen or burnt or so on and so forth i'm covered so uh if you're gonna learn anything from testacular you know knock up your car put it in the trunk maybe Bring it in every single time and insure your card. So, you know, if something like this happens, you you protect yourself because this sucks. And I, I hate to see uh, a good person, you know, get taken advantage of. I don't like that. You busted your ass for the, you know, to play in this game and get good quality cards and then just overnight just snatch. Don't like that. Yeah, it is what it is, unfortunately. But, you know. Again, thank you for uh, for sending that over for me. That's awesome. And I mean, again, I I couldn't leave this community even if you tried to kick me out. Honestly, well, I, I was going to send you the pioneer. Everyone. I was going to send you the pioneer challenger deck, but since they already gave you the pioneer deck, there's no. I point. got it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm, like, I'm like, okay, perfect. It's like, oh, he got. Oh, okay. You know what, commander? Everybody likes commander. I'm sending them commander. Yep. I am getting into it, and I will definitely make Merith my own. I'm excited. All right. Well, ladies and gentlemen, there you go. Uh, you can reach out to Testacular. Where can we reach out to Testacular? There you go. On Twitter, Testacular7. And you can find him on Twitch at M you know, uh, TestacularMTGO. Uh, he's a great follow. He's a great uh, person to observe, especially when he does the modern challenges. And halfway through, he plays Guitar Hero, and he will take requests because – 
I've requested uh, some uh, Simon and Garfunkel. I have requested uh, well, well, Alice in Oates, Chains. Uh, Alice in Chains. So, see, I'm re- I'm glad you remembered Alice in Chains, and I also uh, saw Ed System of a Down. So, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. I'm a metal guy, bro. There's a there's a whole track list i posted on the twitch page and yeah i take requests uh between games and then if my request list is empty i'll just jam out whatever song i feel like jamming out at the time so well, it's I fun have re- i have a request for you next time you play spirits on mtgo i want you to play don't fear the reaper oh that <laughs> that works yep i can do that but you need a lot a lot of cowbell Let me just say <laughs> a lot of it there you go. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're coming to the end of the show. I thank you for being here, the viewing and listening audience. Um, I'm going to lead up with you, Brad. Is there anything you want to share? Last, last, last tidbit. Uh, I don't think I really have any more to contribute to the overall spirits conversation currently. Sorry. <laughs> okay. How about you, Testacular? Uh, I'm looking forward to playing more Mono Blue Spirits. I'll be playing it on Moto more often, and I'll be looking out for local tournaments to be showing up to. So, I'm gonna keep uh, keep to my studies and bring back real results next time. Next time I'm here, so hopefully. There you go. So, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it here. Uh, I will be sending out uh, Testacular, uh, the Maleficent Commander deck. Uh, so he can start rebuilding his collection. But I want you to remember one thing, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I, as a spirit player, uh, soon to be a, a spirit master, I'm you know slowly coming up the steps. I am playing MTGL, and soon I will be playing MTGL uh, live. So you, you, the viewer and audience, can see that I'm not full of boo sheet, uh, but I am who i am who i am so with that being said ladies and gentlemen i want to thank you for being here and i want you to do one special thing the next time you're kicking your opponent's ass make sure they say that's bullshit we're out of here